Hello everybody, how are you today? Uh, we are Tom and Simona and today we have Bob with us. How are Hi. Hi Bob. <laughs> Hi. So basically Bob just tell us like, like who you are, what what, what what are you doing actually? Alright, so uh, my name is Bob Bluesman and uh, I've been a professional musician for over 17 years and um, I mostly play blues of course and uh, uh, what I've also done is because I had a strong interest in food I helped a lot of friends start a lot of resorts in Goa uh, around eight to be precise and I started also seven restaurants I was head chef of them because my friends decided that I was a better better cook than than most of the chefs they employed <laughs> plus it saved a bit of money so uh, that's the reason why I, I first became a chef for one uh, in, in 2007 for one of the flagship restaurants uh, in Palolim uh, which is still one of the biggest campsites right now, right now called Dreamcatcher. And from there on, the chef journey continued uh, until also I was also featured on the Lonely Planet. So we've had some good experiences uh, in the kitchen. And, uh, but this didn't really work out because friendship is, is not business. So I got very disillusioned. I went back to Bombay, took up a conventional job, didn't work uh, out. So I came back. I started doing music full time uh, in uh, Agonda. Nice. And uh, until last year, where I stumbled across, I mean, I know um, our neighbor, the, the horse guy, Harish. So we, we came to meet him coincidentally, and I found uh, this other guy who was setting up this place. And uh, something drew me to this place, and we decided to, to help him out, to start it. And he didn't turn out to be such a great guy, but the place remained. And uh, it my journey for Credo began in the month of March 2017 where I told this guy that I would never ever step foot into this place again which was one month after I buried uh, our dog out here in the garden and I was very sad to to have left him and never to come back to see him again yeah. but it was 7 p.m. in the evening it was around the 7th or the 8th of March and I was walking up the road and just at the entrance, this invisible wall of energy stopped me. Can, can you explain a little bit what is this place? Yes. And what is Credo, like you mentioned? Yes, Credo, uh, as such, uh, we have the place and we have the concept. Uh, the place by itself is, this is one of the few pieces of land that I have found after 11 years of experience in working in and around Goa, which is almost untouched by man. Over here, we are not the dominant species. We are the guests. Something as small as a, a small a group of ants can overpower a human <laughs> over here. And that's what we have to learn to realize is we have to go back to the drawing board and learn to live in harmony with nature. So it's not about chasing away the animals or chasing away the wildlife or developing stuff. It is more about how we bring our hi-fi, Wi-Fi technology to a place which is completely natural and keep that beauty at the same time taking this forward to the next generation. So that's one concept and the idea of Credo itself came from the British magazine 2080, the comics, where I saw uh, Nemesis the Warlock uh, from an alien race fighting the scum of the universe, that is the humans, <laughs> and his tagline was Credo. And I read this uh, and I said to myself that if I ever, ever start a place again, I have to call it Credo. So that's how the journey for Credo started. It was this place called to me. She stopped me. She told me to come back to her. I didn't believe that I would. But then when the landlord met me and said that I liked your ideas that you put forward last, uh, last time you were working with the other guy and we would like you to continue here. Mm -hmm. Only this time, I want you to be in charge. This was a huge step for me because even though I've run so many places, I have never been in charge. 
and uh, generally you you think you can be the second in command and and you can run a place no problems but then the boss has a whole lot of different responsibilities that the second in command will never understand so this has been a very uphill battle and uh, technically speaking i can't even ask other people for advice or help because nobody i know has ever run a jungle resort before simple things like we have a problem with the motor right now it's taken us 10 days to fix that two more complicated things like you just repair your roof and then it rains and then there's a huge hole in it and you got to repair it again within 5 hours to even more crazy things like hey out of nowhere you see a snake wandering across and you think is it poisonous non poisonous and it looks like you and you look at it and you wonder what's going to happen next but nothing you know this is this is credo this is a space where magic happens what are those ideas you want to implement here uh well the problem with uh the 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 way i've seen with a lot of other people who've had uh big spaces of land like this to try and do something with it is they always think uh at the first uh, option to either form a resort or the second option is to form a community i don't agree with the concept of either if you form a resort then basically uh, a resort involves you giving your guests a 100% facilities i'm talking about extra white clean towels i'm talking about a room which is uh, swept and uh, cleaned 3 to 4 times a day i'm talking about room service this is not the kind of space we want that to be we want this space to be a place where you can come chill out enjoy nature and uh, be yourself you feel like making a pot of chai for yourself go ahead man maybe you can you can make some for us too you feel like cooking tonight go ahead and do that you know we we'll eat your food no problems here and that's that's the whole idea but again i don't want it to be uh, transformed into a community either because a community uses a singular vision it's a group of people coming together to just do one simple goal i want credo to be a village a village that incorporates many ideas many visions and once in a while all the villagers come together to have one big festival which what we plan to do we have one big music festival once a month and through my contacts i will have a minimum of 15 to 20 artists in that festival once a month and so music is our basic focus but we're also working on art workshops for children we're also working on uh spaces for campers bikers people who just want to rent a small amount of land to pitch tents you know so stuff like that so it's not a money making exercise it's more like unfortunately we need money for the the place to survive so we have to charge our guests but otherwise what i want to make uh, sure that this happens uh, with credo is i want this to be the second home for every single person in the world so one of the things i found really interesting that you told me the other day um is that uh for example if there's somebody that uh, wants to stay two months for example here yes. around goa yes uh, they could come here for example mm-hmm. and give you uh the same amount that would cost them to actually establish themselves like in rent a place for two months yes and do what uh i it's not two months it will be more like a six month stay now to build a house uh of like let's just say a very simple house of bricks and stone uh will cost you the same amount that it would be for renting a place for 6 months anywhere in goa and i'm giving you a very average expense i'm not talking about you know the uh, the landlords who increase their rent exponentially but i'm talking about uh the very budgeted travelers the the money that you would spend to rent a room over here if you give me the 6 months uh in advance what i can do is i can build you a house here and we have this land for an extended period of time which is around 5 to 9 years so the idea being that for the rest of the time that you come down to goa you will never have to pay for accommodation again 
Now, how this benefits us is this is like a timeshare exercise that's already been practiced in, in many other countries, is when you are not here, we can rent that space out to somebody else. Now, also, uh, let me be very uh, frank and tell you that we don't keep that money. We put that money back into Credo. So that money goes into maintaining your house because you require repairs, maintenance, all these small little costs that people don't consider. Okay. Uh, you also got to maintain the land around you. We have to build better infrastructure. This is a very, this is a, a project in a very nascent, in a very baby stage right now. So uh, infrastructure like better, better roads, better lights, um, better irrigation system, better water system, better pumping system, better toilet system. All this has to be implemented, which is what we are going to use this money for. Uh, but you mentioned that uh, you do workshop for children. Can yes. you specify? We've already uh, had two uh, workshops for local children. First of all, when I when I use the word children, a lot of people ask this question, is it for tourists or is it for Indians? Credo does not distinguish. We do not differentiate. In fact, uh, the biggest problem that a lot of locals had was that uh, generally when you have any sort of an activity, it involves a cost. Now generally the restaurant or the resort owner covers this cost from the people attending the, the event. What we did in this case is because we wanted to make a change and not just talk about it but do something about it, we started off with two workshops. One was a dream catcher making workshop which was conducted by one of our workaway volunteers, Amy from the UK. And the second one was uh, an Easter egg painting workshop which was conducted by my friend Tatiana. And uh, these two workshops involved only local children. We had spread the word to the, the tourists who came but for a person who is who was who knows that when you come to India, you have to, there are always hidden costs. People like those did stay away from these two workshops. But in the end, the events worked so smoothly because we had about eight to 10 volunteers from different countries interacting with local children who could not even speak in English. <laughs> nice. We even had workers who, who help us build our houses on a daily basis. We invited their children also to come along. So it was a very interesting experience for a child who was mostly told to stay away from the general population to now be a part of that population. In fact, one of the coolest things that I observed was the child who has the least amount of finance, resources, and teaching methods was the smartest in the group. That was that, that blew my mind. And at the end of the workshop, just to reward the children, the second workshop, we, we served them each a, gla a, a bowl of fruit salad. And at the end of the first workshop, we introduced our chocolate fountain. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. How so, do you find the volunteers? Uh, it's it's a pretty much of a mixed bag right now. Uh, we've had some amazing volunteers. We've had so not so uh, amazing volunteers. The the problem is uh, I I can't blame anybody as such because there, when it comes to a process which is a kind for kind situation, there is no money exchanged here. We we're providing them with food and accommodation, and they're providing us with a sense of labor. So. This is also for me a first time. I am not. I'm not used to giving people orders. I am not used to 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 uh, to set up a system. I am the one who used to generally follow the systems. So in a way, it has been a learning curve for me as well. Because for the first few volunteers, I just basically more or less told them that these are the jobs that need to be done and let them loose. But until you set up a system on your own and and ask people to follow that, very little gets accomplished. Slowly, I have been learning, and I'm very proud to say that each volunteer, whether uh, from, from the sites like Workaway or by just a word of mouth, people who just happen to randomly come here and offer their services, each volunteer has left a mark on Credo. 
So we're very proud to say that if you go around Credo, I can name each volunteer who's been here and what he or she has done because it's going to be permanently here for as long as Credo's alive. What Credo can offer for volunteers? What we can offer is unlimited imagination. Of course, there are everyday tasks to be done because uh, this place requires constant maintenance and upkeep. So you're looking at everyday tasks like something as simple as gardening, where people assume that, okay, you have a patch of land and we just got to clean that. No, we're looking at 14,000 square meters of land. Gardening involves picking up leaves on a daily basis, cleaning the area around because it's not just to look beautiful, it's more or less a practical thing. If you have a clump of leaves tomorrow, you might have snakes residing in there. It might give rise to other insects. So you've got to clean that on a daily basis. You've got to keep the rooms clean. You've got to keep the space around us clean. You've got to make sure meals and chai are here for everybody to drink, not just guests, but for us too. So these are the daily tasks. But apart from that, what I've always encouraged my volunteers to do is to just go wild. Look at the resources around you and think about what you can do. I'm building a rocket ship out of wood. I encourage people <laughs> to do the same. <laughs> I think it really involves, um, for you uh, personally, like just getting that child out again. The child in me never died. It never went inside. I'm always, I always see colors and lights in everything that people consider normal. And that's what I want people to do. It's, uh, I'm very blessed that at the age of 20, uh, the blues found me. And then I knew that I live so I, uh, I play guitar. I breathe so I play guitar. So it was easy for me to just think of other options to make me happy. But as people say, I found my vocation in life. But the only reason I was able to do this is because people like my parents encouraged me to just think beyond. Right now, nobody does that. I, I, I question this of every adult that has ever walked into Credo. When was the last time they sat on a swing? When was the last time they, they just jumped, uh, they opened a pipe of water and sprayed water on themselves and got completely wet just because they wanted to? You know, Things like this is what people don't consider to be polite anymore. The word politeness is what Credo is trying to destroy. That's my main goal in life. Uh, you want Credo to, to promote... Uh uh, a little bit of uh, or to do basically like some more workshops uh, yes. at the summer for children yes to teach them music yes and what's what's the bigger plan the bigger plan is a credo has to be a pit stop or like a meeting place for every sort of artist or cultural person that there is right now we are encouraging kids to come up to credo but unfortunately not everybody can make it up the hills my plan is to develop a team of people so eventually we can take this team down to the village. You know, when, 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 uh, when you have other people who are trying to implement methods and programs, they generally expect people to come to them. This, for me, is a very narcissistic point of view. If you really want to help people, don't advertise for it. Don't talk about it. Just go and do it. Yeah. So right now, unfortunately, I don't have a team of people. Eventually, we will be getting teams. The first two projects that I'm starting is I have been an English tutor before, both private and uh, classes for children going to school. And I've taught everybody from Indians uh, to even foreigners to, who wanted to improve their, their language. So this is the kind of experience that I bring to the table. And I would like to teach uh, the local school children. Uh, the, the biggest problem that I've noticed is... Um, with the advent of Americanism, as we call it, or internet, or uh, different programs which are now more or less focused on, uh, not on the language, but more or less on just the content. We have a problem with people not speaking correct language anymore, including the teachers of schools. 
So this is something that I'd like to change, but not in a very narcissistic way, but more in a, pol uh, not polite, but I would say more in a definitive way is language is very simple. You don't have to have complicated terms, you know, to, to, to have to speak good English. So I want to try and teach them this method and see where it goes from there. So we want to start English classes first. Eventually, I'll get to guitar classes. And what I really want to do, one of my dreams in Credo is something I've been dreaming of for a long time is multilingual theater. Uh, my plan is Goa is one of the few states in India that has a very strong theater group. And this uh, uh, this theater form art form is called theatre, T I A T R in in Konkani, the local language of the Goans. Now, as a tourist, only ten percent of tourists who have come to India since the time Goa has been liberated in 1962 have actually gone and watched a local theatre play. For them, it's all about lights and colors and sounds mm -hmm. and you know crazy things like that. They don't know what's going on. My plan is to involve the school children and have them stand around the, the stage with subtitles in English. Okay. Now this helps in two ways. One is that everybody from the world now can watch a play and have a subtitle. This has never been done before. And two, more importantly, is we are involving the kids on a very ground uh, basis because they have to know the play to know when they have to go in and stand with the subtitle. So we are encouraging them to follow the arts from the start. People, unfortunately, do not, uh, are, they, they do not have time right now for self-improvement. They don't think in those terms anymore. But tell somebody that we are doing this to improve on your business per se or improve your standard of living, they're always agreeing. So this is how we're going to do it. We're going to show them a better future, but not in a way that other people have done. We're just going to try and word it differently. But at the end of the day, if I can have 200 people performing 200 different plays in every language in the world with subtitles and children following them, that's one of the greatest joys that I could give. I mean, you have a lot of big plans. So how do you finance all this project? And well, can you get support from the government? No. There, uh, unfortunately, with, with uh, we don't have a central government per se. We do have a central government in, in, in like namesake, but uh, India, I, I tell this to a lot of people is, please remember we're not just one nation. We are a country of different states. Each state has its own governing policy. So you might go to a state and be completely free to, to do something and, and go to the next state and, and, and have your rights taken away. So it's, it's a very tricky situation that you're trying to work with. Unfortunately, to get a government subsidy involves a lot of hard work and there is only a 5 to 10% chance that you will get it. And again, the paperwork required, the running around and, sorry to say, but the under the table money required is far greater than what I can provide at this point of time. What, what we've done is I've had a few friends who've helped me out with finance. I've put in my own. We're running out of funds, uh, so what we are doing is we're trying to think of alternative methods like one of the uh, Kickstarter projects that we are going to soon, soon start is a playground for children. This is something that has never been attempted before in South Goa. In fact, just three days ago, a friend of mine told me that one of the local schools, whenever they want to use a playground, they have to travel to the next state in Karnataka to wow. use the playground. Yeah. So that's a three and a half hour drive wow. just to use a playground. So what I want to do is have a playground specifically built for kids and imagine it tomorrow that you are in a playground covered with nets and you have monkeys surrounding you. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sounds a like playground. <laughs> this is what we're trying to do. So 
eventually, hopefully, you know, we will have enough of Kickstarter projects uh, thinking of different methods. Unfortunately, if you tell somebody beer costs you 200 rupees, if somebody's drunk enough, they will pay you the 200 rupees. <laughs> if you tell them they want you want 10 rupees just to help a poor child, they will think five times. So there is unfortunately the way the world works is you have to word your projects also correctly and market it correctly right now we're looking at kickstarter projects like helping out the animals and birds because right now with the big garbage problem that agonda has all the wild animals have looked at the garbage at an, as an easy food source so we have wildlife like deer and peacocks where you will find them is outside garbage dumps in agonda one of the other Kickstarter projects that we'd we're working on right now is something we'd like to introduce soon, is a fe uh, a feeding kind of a space uh, with uh, proper, like we would say, seeds, for the wildlife. Now, unfortunately, Agonda, like many of the other Goan states, has a huge garbage problem. Uh, be it ignorance or be it just an I don't care attitude, you have. Tons of, of garbage dumped around in in, uh, in wildlife areas. Unfortunately, the animals think that this is easy food. So you have everything from the local cows who give us the milk uh, to peacocks and sometimes deer going and eating from these garbage dumps because this is easy food for them. We'd like to set up small feeding stations for animals and it's, it's the same as you know that there is an easy place for you to eat. Whether it's a garbage dump or whether it's a feeding station, you don't distinguish when you're an animal. But we'd like to introduce these feeding stations all around Credo so that these animals know that there's better food available and we can try and control the, the kind of garbage that the, the animals put into their systems nowadays. This is one of the, pro the, the second project that we are working on after the playground. Hopefully it will work out. We've also got an amazing collection of... Uh, birds over here right now is their nesting time so if you take a, a walk around Credo, you'll see many birds in the process of building the nests so we would like to set up feeding stations for them too because right now with the water problem that's going around in agonda and with um, the fact that slowly the jungle is disappearing and more and more humans are getting into contact with the wildlife the animals will still survive the birds won't Trees are being cut on an everyday basis, so birds are losing their homes. So we'd like to set up a small little feeding station for them too. Hopefully by this, maybe we can't change the environment, but maybe we can protect even 1% of the population of the wildlife, but that itself is a start. So this is what we'd like to do. So why do you think that India has such a huge garbage problem? Uh, we didn't know. Uh, it's, it's a very simple uh, reason. First of all, it's, it's the same reason why uh, everybody who asks me the question, how do you toast when you drink alcohol in, in Hindi, uh, supposedly our unofficial national language, but we have no word for cheers in Hindi because we were never an alcohol drinking nation. Mm -hmm. Similarly, we were never a plastic nation. Mm -hmm. So you had all the locals, all the villagers just using biodegradable products and that's the reason why they could dump their garbage onto the, the side of the road or the, uh, the in the jungle because it was all biodegradable. What they have done is just substituted biodegradable for plastic. They don't think that this is non-biodegradable. They don't know the effects of, the, of, of a drinking straw. They don't know that uh, burning plastic in the air is bad for your children. They don't know that their children are, are, are born malnourished or ill because of the damage that they're doing to the environment. Now, this is not just bad education. This is also a bit bit of stubbornness. 
this is also a bit of stubbornness and uh, that's the reason why we have such a, a large garbage problem because we've had many educators we've had many people many social workers trying to change the problem but again it's like a drop in the ocean uh, right now I'm very proud to say that my home state of Maharashtra has become one of the first states in India to completely ban plastic this nice. was implemented uh, just last month and it's it's worried a lot of people uh, it is like I was just reading in the news yesterday it's a 180 billion dollar industry that is plastic <laughs> yeah so and most of it comes here <laughs> so uh, I'm very glad that my home state has taken this effect because Bombay alone hosts 30 million people. So if 30 million stop using plastic, maybe we will change the world. Yeah. I think that uh, like one of the, the main questions that a lot of people has is, uh, you know, like you, you have mentioned that, uh, you know, the children and uh, like, for example, uh, they maybe not, not getting the proper education. Yes. And also their parents like. Uh, they're not really teaching any values yes. about like the garbage and so on. So how how do you actually see uh, the the future of uh, children and ed education in India? The way I see it is there are there are many alternate education schools that are right now coming up in India, and uh, I would wholeheartedly like to recommend them because unfortunately I am part of the old education system, and we were taught just one thing: make sure you get a hundred out of hundred in your examinations so that you can get a good job. Nobody studied to, to attain knowledge. Everybody studied only to get a good job. So from the time you're five years old and six years old, you've been taught only one thing in life. Especially someone like me who was born to a middle class family, you're taught just one thing. Your parents are struggling really hard to make sure that you have a decent life. When you grow up, you make sure that you get a good job. In order to get a good job, you got to get a good marks in your examination. So nobody cares about why. The question why is never asked anymore. It's only about what to study and how to study it, not why to study it. This is something that new educators are changing. And this is what something we would like to promote as well in Credo is change your way of thinking, not just the way that uh, or the subjects that you educate people with. There's always history. There's always geography. But the history for me uh, of why what we did wrong and right now how we can change things means nothing if you don't teach your children why we were wrong in the first place. So that's, that's what has to change. I believe that if you teach the children from this point of view, then maybe there might be a positive change in a few years from now. It's not going to be uh, an outstanding result. It's going to take us, uh, we, we always joke, uh, all, all, all of us who've got a little bit of sense, always joke and say that India is 50 years behind the times. So maybe <laughs> in 50 years from now, you will see us, you know, slowly <laughs> changing our way of life. But it's, a, it's an ongoing process. I'm not saying that we are not trying. There are more positive people than negative people in India right now. I'm glad to, uh, to also proudly uh, say that we are slowly bringing about a revolution. So maybe in 10 years from now, there will be a change. And we'll be we'll be in the center of it. Yes. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Do you want to add something? Uh, yes. <laughs> Visit Credo. We're open all year, and uh, credo-agonda.im-kiosk.com. That's our official website. Please visit us. We're open all year around. Your money. Make sure that this place stays open for another nine more years, and we will make sure that this place stays not just for us, but for everybody else that's welcome here. All right. All right. Thank you very much for Thank having you. us. Thank you.
time. Had a lot to walk before I could crawl. Albert King. Albert King. 